Hi, welcome to Resonate by the Reconnected. This is Emma. I'm here with Eleanor and Sarah Mann again for another podcast. We got the best feedback about our podcast with Sarah talking about big feelings. People really love listening to her wisdom about herbal medicine and just cool little rituals that you can do with your kids. So we're excited to get into this topic today. And one of the things we noticed in the comments um, on the big about the topic of big feelings was that there were kind of three distinct age groups that popped out. So we got a lot of comments from people with six to seven year olds, three year olds, sorry. Wow, how did I forget the three ages? Big feelings around the threes, big feelings around the sevens big feelings for 10 year olds and then big feelings around 16 and a lot of parents struggling with these particular ages and we thought it was really fascinating because when talking with you Sarah we had been discussing the phases of childhood and child development um, especially from the anthroposophical um, perspective that you bring And we thought it would be great to jump on and just go a little bit deeper into why these particular distinct ages really stand out as unique and individual in comparison to each other. Mm, It's really beautiful to be back. Thank you for having me on your podcast again. Um, Yeah, this is a concept that was really new to me coming to anthroposophic medicine, was learning about these three Um, the three distinct phases of childhood so zero to seven seven to 14 and 14 to 21 and then the kind of transitional milestones within each of those phases just like you outlined Eleanor and um, you know it was something very new to me having learned about child development in my uh, degree as a naturopath to look at the deeper layer of what's happening. But also it's great to remember that these uh, phases aren't concrete like from birth to their seventh birthday, from the seventh birthday to the 14th birthday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are physical um, signs and symbols. There are emotional signs and symbols. Um, There are... uh, Um, ways that our child tells us they're moving through a new phase. And uh, so it's a way for us to get to know our individual child um, and where they are in their phase. There's no Barbie doll version of the phases. (laughs) It's good to remember. I was wondering if you could start with kind of that the one of the first ages that people talk to us about which was kind of the two and three-year-olds and I think we can all relate to this feeling of you know when our children are babies often there's this ease around them unless we've had a difficult beginning but generally speaking when they become toddlers it can be a little bit of a shock yeah it really can well if you think about the I like to think about the phases in terms of um Uh, different focuses of developing independence. So childhood is something that is an unfolding process. And so in the zero to seven uh, year old phase, or you can also call it the moon phase, 
this is where our children are really um, focused on their physical independence. So they're moving through physical, um, kind of mastering their physical body. And when they're first born, you know, the, the first year of childhood is where that is what captivates the most awe and love. You know, we are completely melted by babies and oh so beautiful and um this is when also the children have such a big impact on the community around them so this is when families can change communities can change you know uh, babies have a really great um kind of um spiritual or feeling kind of um impact on the world at that time and then and as we watch them grow, they are, we call it the moon phase. Um, I, I think of the moon phase because they are reflective in this phase. They're like a mirror in this phase. And Eleanor and Emma, you know a lot about this in terms of connected play, which you teach in uh, Reconnected Parenting, and how, and, and about congruence mm. and about, um, uh, reflecting and how children and parents are intimately connected in this, especially in this early phase throughout all of childhood, but especially in the early. Yeah. And I think of the moon phase because the moon is reflective. So it's a good little key to remind you what the moon phase is. So in the beginning, our children have this great likeness to our, to uh, the parents, to us. Um, and then slowly, slowly, <laughs> moving through you know childhood they become more and more independent and you know if we kind of cut it down plainly we get more and more triggered by our children <laughs> as yeah. they're less and less like us and get more and more independent you know which is really uh such a um stereotypical viewpoint of teenage time especially yeah, yeah. but this definitely begins around the three, uh, two, three-year-old um, point, the three-nature um, experience. Is it when they're really starting to, um, you know, that's generally when the no comes? Yeah, the no and the I or the yeah. me, you know, they'll start referring to themselves as me or um, uh, it's when they, of course, a three-year-old, a two-year-old is still completely immersed in the the parents' um, nervous system, in the their somatic imaginative world. They're not yet, you, they don't have adult consciousness, um, type consciousness. They have a very different, very special consciousness in this time. But around that time is when they're starting to realize, oh, I have a choice. I can choose. And that's where you get those breakfast conversations that are just so epic that are like, you cut my toast the wrong way. I think you you have a great story about like <laughs> about that. <laughs> and I remember your story, Eleanor, around um needing the door, as your son needing the door a specific uh, amount degree or degree closed. open yeah, yeah or closed. closed yeah yeah so this is where um our children are really beginning to form that independence and that 
like opinion and their likes and their dislikes and really verbalizing and this is mine you know this toy is mine I'm not sharing it (laughs) I'm not hopping in the car I'm not putting my shoes on or I don't want that jumper I want that jumper um or they get dressed and then they want a full outfit change so it can be challenging so it's, it's kind of this stage where there are a lot of big feelings, big feelings for children, big feelings for parents. But it sounds like what you're saying is that it's related to this newfound yes. independence and one of the first kind of differentiations. Yes. It's actually just such a special time. And the more I've found, you know, really, of course, learning about this from a child development and health perspective professionally has been really changed how I practice but it also just changed how I was a parent because I had just knowing oh my gosh my child is moving through a new phase and actually I want this for them I actually want them to be feeling their independence and their feelings and their um and their sense of self you know so how can I make space for my feelings around how this is going and have the uh the space to to um support it but also just really witness and see what's happening and be less reactive yeah less pain around it and the next stage that people talked a little bit about was around the seven eight nine yeah stage yeah yeah and well, I yeah. think you were saying there's something very specific happening then. And I know, Emma, this is a stage that you're like well and truly in with Atlas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, such a fascinating stage because I'm reflecting on my own childhood now and seeing how I was always seen as a confident child. But at this phase, I remember being highly anxious. Mm hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it now happen again, where my very confident child just has slight anxiety that I'm like, wow, this is new. It's like, a, you know, it's a new thing. Mm -hmm. And being, um, talking to Sarah and looking at it back through that anthroposophic perspective of crossing through the Rubicon, it's so profound to see what these kids are going through. Yeah, it's such a milestone. You know, the the seven to fourteen, or uh, phase, or basically, it's when they um, lose their baby teeth and and start growing their new teeth. It's usually around kindy class one, um, up until fourteen. This is really about developing their the independence of their feeling life. So this is when our kids will start to. Um, you know, in this zero to seven, our kids really mirror our feelings. So if we're having a great time, they're having a great time. There's a lot of mirroring. These seven to 14 is when actually our children develop this actually totally private inner world. They start to, their dreams change. They start to, um, this can also be a time when they start to have secrets or they'll create a, they might ask for a diary. You know, oh, I was like a... <laughs> so into my diary. Yes. I had all the diaries with all the locks, <laughs> with all the boyfriends. <laughs> I was in love with everyone. They were yeah. all in the diary. It's such, I'm having so many memories of that phase. It was, yes. so, it was such a deeply emotive time for me. Yes. Deep in it. 
and deep. very secretive very secretive yes yeah and it is it is deep I look back to that time too and really you're all feeling it's like you're navigating the world all through feeling so you're not yet self-conscious you're moving through the world following your feelings um and interest too this is where often our kids interests will come out they'll start to show us a little bit more about that what they're uniquely interested in um but steiner talked about this uh this particular phase and it was called the nine and a half year change but now we we know it can come anywhere from between eight and 11, but generally it's around the nine year uh, time. And really it is like the birth of consciousness and self-awareness. And this is where we can see our child's, um, the, the kingdom of childhood starting to fade and a new type of awareness be born in our kids. And it can be quite sudden, it can be quite subtle, or it can be quite noticeable and exaggerated. And Emma, like exactly how you're experiencing it with Atlas at the moment is often how we'll experience it. So we'll notice that they used to be quite confident and they still are, but there is something different, like a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of doubt or a sudden new need that seems like a backward step, like needing more cuddles or needing that help to get dressed or something that they've totally mastered years ago. Um, I remember this for myself as a, I think I was I'm around nine. I don't know exactly, but I was, I walked into a, um, a shop and uh, you know where there's like often there's a mirror in front and like a mirror to the side and it was the first time I'd ever seen myself from behind in a mirror and I remember um, having almost like a hot flush um, I remember a, a sudden anxious feeling coming for me and I realized that's what I look like from the outside to everyone else and it blew my mind. And that was my. What a profound experience. Profound. I remember it like it was yesterday. And that to me gives me a really great feel, like felt sense of before I was just in. I was behind my eyes looking out. I wasn't aware of a bigger picture existing. Um then I suddenly got quite a shock to see there's a whole nother perspective of life, which is the one where I'm just a very small part of a really big world. Um, and this is often when uh, we, the pedestal that we put life on or that we put our parents on starts to fade a bit. We start to see our parents' chinks, yeah. their armour. We start to see their humanity. Uh, we start to... Um, the glory and the, you know, that we had have them in naturally as a child starts to change. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a big so time. what do they suggest for these kids? I know that having mentorship can kind of be in their um, 
you know, having friends, mentors? Yeah, well, in this phase, um, children are in this um, feeling independence uh, phase from 7 to 14. This is when they're um, our children's uh, circle is widening from mm-hmm. parents into friend the circles, world. the outside yeah. world. Exactly. So we'll notice that this is where there's like strong friendships forming. Mm-hmm. It's where there's um, often other new adult uh, um, idols and mentors will come in like a teacher um, or an uncle or an auntie. Like I remember that was when I got so close with my auntie um I remember the idol worship I was all into the um magazines the teen boys and the like yeah (laughs) absolutely that's where you really start looking out Out. from your family before you pretty much just look in your family for your inspiration and your where you're going but yeah no the the shift goes out um yeah so you know supporting just supporting um Supporting them socially is a really great thing to do in this phase because yeah. they're looking. They even if you were on a deserted island, they would be looking outside. They'd be looking in nature for the next step. They're looking beyond the family for their next step. It's yeah, beautiful. Wow. It's yeah. really, yeah, that's so cool to hear. Yeah. And then the next stage that people were curious about was like 16-year-olds. Yeah. 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 A lot of big feelings around 16-year-olds. <laughs> yes. Understandably, right? Um, the 14 to 21 uh, phase of childhood is where our children, our young adults are developing their thinking independence. So um, this is where... Uh, you know, they've kind of created and become familiar with their own inner life and their own private life and their private world and they've found their place. They've definitely become more aware of um, that they are an independent person in the world and that they have a place. Generally, uh, that still can be a little wobbly in this time. Of course, there's still like identity crises and you know and a lot of peer pressure and deciding what they want to do beyond what their peers want to do um but it's uh around that 16 um year old time is right it feels like it's right on the precipice of puberty has pretty much settled in and established they're still growing exponentially um and maturing exponentially, but this is where they can start to make some um, big moves or to have uh, something happen that lets them uh, kind of decide who they want to be in the world. Um, You know, this is when they might get in trouble for the first time or have some kind of drama. It doesn't have to be um, negative either. It can be a big achievement. Like it might be when they get a scholarship to the next thing and they have to grapple with, oh, is this what I want to do? Is it not? You know, Emma, I think this is when you moved overseas. Um, Yeah, well, I was just reflecting. I spent literally this entire phase outside my family home. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It's a it's the big leap time. You know, it's not if if kids are in school at this time, they're not yet out of school, but they that's the age where they have a choice whether they can want to keep going or not in Australia. Um, it's a it's a real pivotal time, and it can be the time when um, something does feel like they're really taking the next step and we have to also take the next step of independence with them. That can be quite challenging as a parent. I mean, I'm just, I'm in that phase right now of just contemplating this next few years with my teenager. One of the most fascinating bits about this phase I find is that from the parent's perspective, now that I sit in it, 14, they're still babies. They're just tiny babies. When you're a 14-year-old, you're like, I could move out of home right now. I said that to my parents. I was like, I'm moving. I'm out (laughs) of here. I'm going. And I did. And my parents reflected back on me after I was in my early 20s and were like, I can't believe we did that. I can't believe we let you go. But I think as a strong-willed kid, they didn't have much choice. (laughs) But you know, I remember how um, adult I felt. Yeah, you do. You feel really big at this yeah. age. You feel ready. And at the same time, in the deep end too. You are oh, it absolutely is the in the taking. deep end. It is the absolute pure <laughs> live by the, you know, <laughs> seat of your tail type energy. <laughs> Oh, it's so cool, uh, like, to reflect on these developmental stages because, you know, we can kind of hit them without this higher awareness and think, what's going on for my kid? And feel worried that, you know, they have regressed in some way or, you know, that they're not tracking exactly how they have been previously up until this point. So it's just a really cool thing to look at with more awareness and reflect on how you had your, like the space held for you in those transitions and what you may be bumping up against as your kid moves through those transitions. So yeah, it's so cool to hear Sarah and I love it from the anthroposophic lens. It really resonates for me and I'm sure it will with many of the listeners here. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. You're welcome. Again. Yeah. You're so welcome. Chat and um, yeah, we will meet again. Such a joy to be here. Yeah.